Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hi, friends. I feel like this is the end of an era in a way, or at least the end of a metaphorical season. I've mentioned before, but in September and October of 2022, I did some marathon interviewing and I talked to over 40 guests in a very short amount of time. I definitely learned a lot in that process and I will not be doing that again in that way. And while some of the conversations ended up not being timely because of how long they took to air, most of them were timeless. I have loved bringing these topics and guests to you so that you can expand your mind and your heart. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Today marks the last of these conversations that I had six plus months ago. Stay tuned for new and exciting topics coming to you after this with a bigger focus on all that I've been learning and can share with you. I'm really excited for this next chapter. Today's guest is Sheila Baker. She's an author and an opera singer, and her life radically shifted when she got COVID. While she was sick, she had a choice to make, and she chose to stay Earthside. This conversation is about how her perspectives changed on everything. In this episode, we talk about how we can welcome transitions into our lives, why allowing ourselves to receive is so hard, and what leapfrogging timelines is all about. Sheila even turned the tables on me and asked me a few questions, so that was fun. Without further ado, let's welcome Sheila to the show. Hi, Sheila. Welcome to the show. Heather, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk to you in quote unquote real life, real life over Zoom as it is these days. Uh, we have had a couple of Zoom meetings that I've seen you in and we've communicated through messenger and email and that type of thing. But this is the first time it's just like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So I'm excited to get started. Me too. I'm excited because I didn't mention this, but I hope to ask you some questions too. Ooh, put me <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> Amazing. Well, the way I like to start all of my guest episodes is by having you choose either blue or red. And I have a blue book and a red book, and I will ask you a random question from whichever book you choose. Lovely. I Blue dumped out at me as soon as you said it. So awesome. blue, please. I love blue. I love all the colors. Which character leaves Sesame Street and where do they go? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh no, I didn't know it was a trivia question. <laughs> I don't think it's trivia. I think you get to make up the answer. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I think that Big Bird left Sesame Street and he went on an adventure bus around the United States to see all of the little wonderful young people and not so young people who got to know him so well on the screen, on television. Just like maybe someday we'll get to meet each other. Yeah. Making connections and taking Sesame Street to the world. 
I love that. And I love Big Bird. For a while, he was probably not my favorite one out of all, you know, everyone loves Elmo. I loved Oscar the Grouch and Cookie Monster and all of them, right? But I like Big Bird because he is so tall and large. And I always felt like he gave kids permission to really just be who they were and not try to shrink and be something they weren't. I love that. All right. So I would love for you to start out by telling my listeners, what was Sheila like as a young child? What was your personality like? And what did you do for fun? This is this is a little bit of a tricky question because, you know, there were two sides of Sheila and there was the Sheila that I had to be and there was the Sheila that I was. And the one that I was really was playful and insightful and I loved, I loved playing outside. I was the epitome of tomboy. I grew up actually on a, on a Boy Scout camp. So literally for the first two years of my life, my, my favorite toys and my favorite playmates were the turtles and snakes and the, and the daddy long legs and the worms, you know, and all, all of the really you know, a lot of people say creepy stuff and I'm, oh no, this is, these were like, this is where I feel at home. I loved to climb trees as I got older. Just anything, anything outside, anything connected to nature, just talking about it and remembering that just like I can feel my heart open up and it says, that's really, that's really where I came alive. It's where I wanted to be always. I love that. I still have a little bit of fear of snakes if I see them for real and they're not behind glass, <laughs> but I'm embracing them. I think, you know, they, they have such a good energy about them really mm. about shedding the old and, you know, starting mm. anew and all of those things. And so I've actually been intentionally bringing more snake things into my life, like jewelry and art okay. and things like that. But my youngest daughter has a a big phobia around spiders and mm-hmm. like huge phobia. And mm-hmm. um, I used to have the same phobia, but now as long as it's not bigger than my foot, I think I'm, I'm good. <laughs> S- spiders, I think were the last thing for me to really overcome. Daddy long legs. See, didn't really hardly count as spiders just because they're so different. And yes, I, I totally get what you're saying. Okay. So I love that story so much. So what are you up to these days? I know you wrote a book and I would just love to know a little bit about your journey to get you where you are today. Heather, that it's such a big, it's such a big question. I mean, as we were, as I was remembering that I was meeting with you today, I was like, what do I have to talk about? You know, what is my area of expertise? And right now I feel like my area of expertise is transition because I feel like that's like, it's like what, what all of life has been about. It's what the last 10 or 11 years have been about, but my gosh, the last three years, four years have been like on steroids. I'm, and, and I told a girlfriend recently, I feel like I hit the, I, recently I've hit the power button, you know, like Mario Kart, you know, or, which I was never any good at, you know, but I, I, I have hit the power up button and, and life, I, 
am changing so rapidly and I'm still human. I mean, I'm in human form. And so I have to go through the processes, but life is just giving me these processes just one after another, after another, because I literally don't recognize the person that I was five years ago. The seeds that have been planted along in my life are, are bearing fruit. They're maturing and they're, they're not, they're starting to bear fruit, but I'm feeling the maturing, the changing happening. And I'm so excited about that because I do feel like that's what Sheila is about right now. Learning to be present in my body, doing different, you know, utilizing different techniques. Heather, one of the most significant things that's happened to me in the last two years, and I'll get to the book because that's a big part of it too, it connects with this, is believing that I actually can connect with my own answers. So I've, I've gained so much knowledge and wisdom from others. I'm so grateful. I had to go through all of the processes that I went through. And recently I showed up just this week on the full moon, on this lunar eclipse full moon that we just had. I didn't even know that was going on because my long reasons, but I didn't even know that was going on. But I showed up for a breathwork uh, workshop and I hadn't done one since 2020. And since then I've had COVID and that's what part of what my book is about. And life is different. I showed up at that workshop online. And for the first time, I didn't feel like it was part of my experience that I needed to share. I actually didn't feel any pressure at all to help anybody else, to lead anybody else, to lead by example, to lead myself by breaking through barriers. I'm like, I'm just here to be quiet and just to show up for myself and to do my thing and find what it is for me. And I didn't push myself I just was practicing being present. If I can share that experience with other people and create a safe place for them to go through that transition, that that process of getting from, I'm working at this really hard to the place where it's like, I just love me and all that's, and I can do it very gently and peacefully. That's the path that I've been on because I've worked to get here really. I've worked really hard to get here and I'm here. And I'm so, so, so grateful to just show up every day and try to relax into my body and just to be present to whatever life is going to bring me and say, I'm not ready to have this interview with Miss Heather. I don't know what I'm going to have to say. What do I have to offer? And to say, it's going to be okay. There's grace. Just just trust the process, trust her, trust the, have the experience. That's what this life is about is the experience. Mm, That's that's so beautiful. Oh, I love that. So, so, so much. Thank you for sharing that. I think that so often we feel we need to have everything figured out all the time (laughs) and we don't allow ourselves that grace to be in this place of, not knowing. And so I love that you have gotten to a place where you can just be and allow whatever is to come to come. And you said something else that I want to go back to that. Mm. I actually had this this morning. So Mm. it's just so coincidental that we're talking about it, but you said that you get to be okay, or you get to get comfortable knowing that you have the answers within you and that you can stop looking to others for Mm. all of the answers. And I had that this morning where I was looking at, 
you know, I love, I'm forever a student. And so I love courses and I love to learn new things. And there are plenty of things that I'm currently signed up for and that I will be doing in the near future. But I was looking at something about, gosh, I think it was about content creation and things you should say on Instagram, on social media. And, you know, it was specific to those that are spiritual in nature or light workers, as I would, you know, define myself. And I was looking at it and I was like, no, I don't want someone else's words for me to put out into the world. Like I truly want to be able to trust in myself that I know what to say so that it's going to resonate with someone. So I love that you brought that up. Yes. And finding out, understanding that purpose isn't about necessarily even influencing other people like intentionally. It's it's not about trying to force anything into the world. It's a matter of just being coherent in myself, in my own love of myself and the world around me and in my own coherence. That is what resonates and that's where the real power is. And um, that's what I'm, I'm so excited to be in this experience. Yes. And, you know, talking about coherence, I actually was just listening to a podcast episode not that long ago. And the way someone described being out of coherence Mm. was imagine if you're a car and all four wheels are pointed in a different direction and you're not going to go anywhere because all the wheels are pointing a different way. So you need to get all of your wheels pointing in the same direction. And that that's what it means to be in coherence. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I thought that was a great analogy. I was like, oh, I can totally picture that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So tell me a little bit about the book and where that stands. So the book, the book is a collection of poetry along with journal prompts and some of, and some life stories. Um, Sometimes it's about kind of the background of a particular poem or it's uh, my story about having COVID because in February of 2021, when the lower Southern states in the US were facing a week of below freezing temperatures, which we are not used to. And, and it was critical because people lost power and then people lost water because, because there were all of these things. In the midst of that, I had COVID And I didn't realize it until far into the process because there was all of this external stuff happening. And because the symptoms that I was having resembled sniffles because I was outside getting ready for the cold. And then, oh, well, that feels like the body aches that a woman has. And so just the things that I just didn't give attention to. And then it turns out I had double pneumonia. And I ran a fever, probably I ran between 102 and 104 for the better part of two days. And I did, again, I didn't realize it. I didn't have the right equipment at home. And I didn't didn't realize my brain, the brain fog was, I didn't realize I needed to be in the hospital. And in the midst of that, I had one of the most profound, life-changing, the singular most profound spiritual experience of my life because I had probably what were hallucinations, but it was, it, it was an, an out-of-body, near-death type experience of choosing, realizing that every breath I've ever taken has been a choice 
And I was in a space where I was aware that I got to choose whether or not I was going to breathe or if I was going to fall asleep and go home. Wow. And um, the book includes several poems that I wrote both in the hospital, because I did eventually, a couple days later, I ended up in the hospital realizing what the situation was, and poems that I had actually written before that, and ones that I've written since. And then I started to do um, open mic around my uh, around my community, and I learned that these these poems that I thought were wonderful and powerful, they were well received. They meant something to other people. And then I did the podcasting thing, and they're like, "Oh, you should, you know, think about this." And I had people saying, "You should have a book," and I'm like, "Okay, you're right." All of a sudden, I realized that I already had I had 80 poems that I had written. I had no clue that I had that many. And as I kind of did an inventory, I was like, oh my gosh, these, I mean, not everyone is great, but, and um, so I have a book now that has 50 poems and it's kind of, some of them are light and a lot of them are kind of heavy because it deals, it deals with these kinds of subjects. It deals with spiritual subjects. And one of the beautiful things, some of the feedback that I've gotten is your poems express spiritual topics in ways that are digestible right that, that we can, that are absorbable and a lot of them have mo- so many different layers i mean you can read it at the surface level and then you can kind of like dig it down and so that's that's my book it's been birthed now and now life has transitioned enough that i am i do desire very much to share this because i feel that the world there is part of the world that's ready for this and hungering for this experience that's that's my hope that's such an amazing story and such a beautiful reminder i love what you were saying about you got to choose whether to breathe or not and it's such a good metaphor for our lives every single day that we wake up we get to choose whether we're getting closer to living or closer to dying really. Mm -hmm. And those are all decisions that we get to make every day, all day long. And so I love that that came to you during this time of crisis when it, you know, was life-changing for you, it sounds like. So thank you for sharing that. That's just so beautiful. So what is the name of your book and where can people get their hands on it? It is called Kaleidoscope Life, No Longer Afraid of the Dark. It will be on Amazon. I'm going to do a proper launch because I I did create it and I got it published, but I didn't do a proper launch because at the time that just wasn't where I was at and where life was at. And maybe by the time this episode gets out, it may actually be, you know, well on its way, both digitally and in print. Um, But you can go to conversationswithsheila.com. And my name is S-H-E-I-L-A, conversationswithsheila.com. And that's my landing page. And uh, you can find my YouTube and where I've recorded some of my poems and, and also get linked to the book digitally and in print. I love it. And I will make sure I link that in the show notes for anyone who is interested. I know you said you had some questions for me, which makes me a little nervous, but I would like to give you the opportunity (laughs) to go ahead and ask me whatever you want to ask me. Well, sure. So what have you found the most 
provocative change that's happened in your life as you have been serving other people? What kind of impact is that having for you personally? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is a sense of confidence. I no longer need approval or validation from others. And it took me a long time to get to that place, you know, but by doing so much inner work and really looking at, again, back to, I have all the answers inside me. Mm. I don't need that from anyone else. Sometimes validation is nice, depending on what you're doing. But by proving to myself over and over and over again that I know and that my intuition knows and that my spirit guides know, I don't need that anymore. And so I just have this sense of confidence about me that two years ago, I did not have. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing that comes to mind right away. That's awesome. So part of what I hear is that by giving more, you're growing stronger. Absolutely. I feel most days like I could take on the world and nothing gives me greater joy than giving permission to people who are looking for that to live life on their terms. And people are just always looking for that validation until they get to a point where they're not. And so by me having conversations with people, they really get to open themselves up and see that they don't need it. And so I love, love, love helping people. I love having conversations with people and I love getting people to look at things in a new way that maybe they haven't before. They can live their best lives because isn't that what it's really all about? I love that. What do you feel yourself being led to master next? Ooh, where's your heart kind of pulling you? (laughs) I love this question. And I am actually getting ready to get another coaching certification here before too long. Because what I have found when I'm coaching my clients is that we can only change to the degree that we are aware of that we want or need to change. Mm -hmm. So we have our conscious mind and our unconscious mind Mm -hmm. and our conscious mind, depending on who you talk to is two to 5% of the 70,000 to 90,000 thoughts we have every single day. Mm -hmm. So let's just say 70,000 to be on the the small end of that range. Mm -hmm. And we have 70,000 thoughts a day if only 5% of those are ones we actually are aware of and we know about, that means that there is a whole lot more that we don't even know. We have all these thoughts and beliefs that have been ingrained in us from the time we were so little or from our ancestors or just anywhere, right? Things we've picked up that we don't even know. My next adventure is to take another coaching certification that is really all about digging into the subconscious mind so that I am better able to help my clients because, again, they're only aware of what they're aware of and they can only change from that place of awareness. But if I can help them get to a place that they aren't aware of, that they don't even know exists of like, this is why I think this, this is why I believe this about myself and help them uncover those things. That's where the real transformation is going to happen. And so I'm really, really, really excited about it. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's super exciting. But I really do resonate with that. Yeah. I think so most people know that there's like your conscious mind and your unconscious mind, but they don't really know how deep that runs. And really that those unconscious beliefs and thoughts are what are ruling your entire life. And mm -hmm. so when you want to change something, when people come to me and, you know, with whatever it is that they're looking to change in their life, you can change it. Yes. By changing your habits, mm -hmm. by changing your thoughts, but you will inevitably end up back where you started if you don't address the actual root cause of why you were there in the first place. To me, that is just really going to take everything to the next level because you can only change what you know. And if you don't know that it's there, it's never going to come to the surface unless you help it get there. Awareness. Yeah. Awareness. The things that rule us without our awareness. So many things. <laughs> so many things. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, this is my life that you're, that you're talking about. I mean, mm. I, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because I do kind of feel like somebody else is in the driver's seat right now, you know, in a way. And my intuition is allowing me to make changes without necessarily the conscious work. And the, again, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm getting to leapfrog. I almost feel like I'm cheating in some respects at this point because I'm realizing for me, it's the spiritual path. And before I was in religion, aware of spiritual path, but I'm at a different level of awareness now. And now I'm like, I'm just going to focus on the spiritual aspect and not worry so much about the material external aspect. Mm-hmm. And this is where, where I'm feeling again, that power up, the power up button. Yeah. And I, and if you, and you can parallel that with the unconscious mind. Absolutely. And yeah. you do get to leapfrog once you become more in alignment and you understand more about why you are the way you are mm. and allowing your intuition to come through. You do, you almost get to like, skip the line, you know, if you were at the, at the amusement park. Right. So I totally, totally get that. You know, you mentioned something earlier about being present and that you had techniques to really bring you back into the present moment. Would you just talk a little bit more about like, what are some of the things you do? Sure. So part of it relates back to getting uh, chiropractic care. So, you know, it, it, there's, there's these different levels and we, there's some very practical things with chiropractic care and Feldenkrais. I did a few sessions of Feldenkrais as well, which is just body awareness. What, what is actually happening in my body when I'm moving? Oh, and yoga. I took up yoga in 2019 and um, Kundalini yoga. So we do breath work, stretches, mantras, you know, various things, all of it accumulating with awareness of what's going on in my body. Am I actually breathing? And I tend still now to breathe pretty shallow most of the time, even though I'm a trained singer. I'm a classically trained opera singer. And I'm, the good news is now that I've had a really good chiropractic and a kinesthetic care, kinesthesiologist, 
he released some things in my body because apparently my diaphragm was actually like stuck which is probably, I think that's vagal nerve related. So, you know, again, the parasympathetic nervous system and the anxiety of childhood, it's it's been lifelong. It didn't even know it because it was so ingrained that I didn't realize it wasn't how it had to be or that it was happening. Awareness, right? I've had yoga, uh, chiropractic care, massage. During COVID, I was so blessed. I got to go get a medical massage and human touch was a critical part of my transition. I don't, I don't, I mean, I do have the same need, but it met a different need then. The practice of receiving, relaxing, allowing myself to be cared for by another person, being vulnerable enough to receive, to let down my guard, the tensions in my body, to relax. So again, just having all of these different experiences so I could learn what tension feels like in my body when I'm holding things. My kinesthesiologist, chiropractor, I've started to see three months ago, he's been massaging the inside of inside of my jaw. Because and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, of course, this is the tension that I'm not aware of in my jaw, in my face, in my body, because I'm holding on to, I don't, is it, I'm holding on to my own voice? Is it, you know, or just to be safe, but I'm not aware of it because it's so much a part of me. I don't even realize I'm doing it. So now I'm like massaging my jaw, yawning, you know, yawning is wonderful. Yawning doesn't mean that I'm bored. It means that I'm releasing my vagal nerve, you know, and I'm, I'm resetting. So just all kinds of different things and I'll have, I'll do them for a season. You know, like I did breath work for a season with Wim Hof method, you know, and allowing myself to do the thing and then let it go when life doesn't support it anymore instead of being rigid with myself and sometimes i wonder am i being too lackadaisical about it but i'm like and then life brings it back around if it's important it'll come back around for me that's what's been working i love that and to me i had that word transition think in my head again when you were talking because allowing things to be what they are and then letting them go when they no longer serve you can be really hard for people and they want to control everything and they think they know better than the universe and I'm going to have all the answers and I can't let this go because this is how it's supposed to be. And so I love that you're able to do that. And I think it speaks volumes to the transitions that you've been going through because you are allowing yourself to receive and then let it go. And so I think that's really, really beautiful. And the other thing that you said that I I love was about receiving. I think as humans, we have a really hard time receiving, whether that's from others or the universe or whatever it may be. It's just not something that comes naturally to most people. And it is a feminine energy, right? Me allowing others to do for you or to give to you or whatever that looks like. I love that you brought it up because I think that it's a great reminder for people that it is so important to receive. And yes, giving is amazing and it's wonderful. And I love giving and like giving people gifts is like my favorite thing to do ever. And letting them give to me so that I am able to be in a receiving energy is just as equally as important. Can I reflect on that? A yeah. Thing that I figured that I experienced 
during my COVID experience. Absolutely. Because I've felt a responsibility to be a giver, right? To be a leader. I mean, that all of that masculine energy stuff, right? And here I was having COVID. I was in the hospital for the first time in my adult life. And I didn't have any choice except to allow other people to take care of me. And it was very humbling. And it was also a choice of how to do that. And it was somehow in that I understood the magic that is the case. It's the fact that receiving from someone else allows them to be the strong one, allows them to grow, allows them to experience their purpose in life, allows them to be the caretaker and allows them. I mean, it's, it's an, actually an act of love to be big enough to receive someone else and to, and to receive them exactly as they are. I'm going to tell you a story, real quick story, because I finally got to my, my uh, hospital room at like 8.30 at night. At like 9.45, my dinner showed up. It was a lukewarm hamburger with sautéed onions and mushrooms. And, you know, and it was, it was one of those like little, little dollar menu things, you know, and a, a few, and, and can I tell you, I have never felt so loved. I have never appreciated food. I've never appreciated anything, every act that it took to bring that meal, to serve me, to, to nourish my body, to give me life to take care of me. What an expression of love that was. And it was that because I was able in that moment to receive it from that heart instead of saying, oh, this, this, and that, which I so many times in my life have done. There was such a life lesson in that. And I try to remember it and to live my life that way. Every experience is an expression of love. And I'm grateful for it. And it changes everything. Mm, It does. It does. And I love that you shared that with us. It's such a good reminder because it is so easy to find the negative or to complain about literally anything. And when you can look at it as a blessing and like what had to happen in order for you to be able to be in a place to receive those things. I mean, it's just so, so, so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for letting me. All right. Before I let you go, I like to ask my guests five rapid fire questions, meaning you don't have to answer quickly. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. And it's just a way for my listeners to get to know you a little bit better. What is something you do for fun? Cook. Anything specific or just? I like to cook for people. I I like to nourish people people mm. and, and to create those experiences. Yeah. Because it's an act of love. Yeah, it is. And I love gathering with people and I do. I also love to cook unless I don't, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. There's that. <laughs> but I also, I love to cook and experiment. So that's fun. All right. What were you doing the last time that you lost track of time? Oh, I was probably on my phone paying attention to an app instead of 
any number of other things that would have been more beneficial for my well-being. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I always say this, like, I think there's something to be said for the time suck that is social media and everything else that's out there, because sometimes we really do need to disconnect. And when we mm. like shame ourselves for like, oh my God, I just spent two hours on Instagram. Like, it's okay. There is something in you that needed that. Now, if you're doing that four times a day, every day. Okay. Maybe then take a look at what's actually going on, but once mm -hmm. in a while, like totally cool. I think, I think <laughs> everyone needs that. Yeah. All right. What is something you are excited about right now? I am. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the relationships that are again, starting to grow and bear fruit. And last night that we were thwarted because of technical issues, but I have a new venture, short-term podcast, unless it takes on a life of its own and it's around generosity and the eight forms of wealth, the eight forms of capital. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. That does sound exciting. Well, you'll have to share more as it gets okay. closer so that All I right. can make sure I let my listeners know. Awesome. All right. If there was an extra hour in each day, what would you spend it doing? Singing. Yeah. So you mentioned just briefly, you were an opera singer. How long did you do that for? I have been doing that. I sing with the Dallas Opera Chorus only since COVID. That has really changed the face of the arts and the company is doing some things differently. And in this particular season, there wasn't a role for me in the chorus. So I'm hopeful that will come back around. And if not, I think total I've been, I've been in like 12 seasons with the Dallas opera. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I am not a good singer. I can sing well in the car and in the shower. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't think I'm a terrible singer. I did. I did sing all through like my school career, but then, uh -huh. you know, nothing professional. Well, you know, this is part of where group singing is so important. Mm. And can I reflect on that too? Because, you know, I think that in our culture, we have so idolized celebrity performers who are or are not as capable as just regular people. And we have lost the art and the beauty, the value, the social value of just being average singers or average anything for that matter. But that's a topic for, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole topic <laughs> right there. Yeah. Well, I love that point though. Like whether it's celebrities, actors, actresses, it doesn't matter, you know, and even just Joe Schmo down the street, you see people's highlight reels and right. they are all normal people. They have struggles, they have issues. And just because you don't see them doesn't mean that they don't exist. Right. So I think it's fantastic that you brought that up. All right. Last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? So interesting because three days ago I did this breathwork session and I reconnected with my younger self and we, we kind of had a, we had a powwow. It is that everything that you're going to experience is exactly what you need to experience to become the person that you're here to become, that you, you have value. You will find value in everything, accept and love yourself in the process as best you can.
and just be present and be understand that you're complete and that you're loved and you're never alone. You're never alone. I love that. And I, again, such a good reminder because I think that we think we want to go back in our lives and change the way things happened, but understanding that everything had to happen in the way that it did to make you the strong and capable person that you are today is so rewarding and just fills your heart knowing that, okay, yeah, maybe that sucked for a while (laughs) and maybe I didn't make the best decisions and maybe this and maybe that, but you are who you are today because of that. So I love that. Thank you, Sheila, so much for being here. You have a gorgeous energy about you and I have loved our conversation so much. And I know that my listeners are going to really enjoy getting to know you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope you loved this conversation. It's such a good reminder that our time here is limited and that we get to make it what we want. And of course, that gratitude goes a long way in making our lives so rewarding. Links to connect with Sheila are in today's show notes. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. We need people to have more conversations that matter. And by leaving a review, you help my podcast get seen by more people. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. Hey, I know anxiety can be a real pain in the ass. That's why I've taken 20 of my favorite tried and true tricks to tame anxiety and I put them in a free PDF for you. Whether anxiety rears its ugly head once in a while or it's something you deal with chronically, I've got you covered. You'll be empowered to find out what techniques work best for you and start taking control of your anxiety instead of it controlling you. If you're ready to start feeling better, get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio and I'll send it right over. 